Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates fans of the nfl shield minnesota vikings fans fantasy football players anyone i may have left out far and wide welcome in to episode number 109 of the talking the line podcast and as always thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 24th, 2021. As always, you know the drill. Minnesota Vikings season preview on tap today, plus plenty of other nonsense. But before we get into all of that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the TTL pod on. If you are watching on YouTube, you might as well hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any additional TTL crew content dropping. Next item up on the docket, if you could find it in your heart, be so kind. You got a couple extra seconds. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Jump in the live chat. If you are watching live, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do. And it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, head on over to this episode's description where you will find the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will locate all of the TTL Cruise content, social platforms, and the TalkingTheLine.com website so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. It just came to my head. I might have uh, left out the wonderful listeners on the podcast audio directory. So if you're listening there as well and haven't hit that subscribe button, make sure you do so. But ladies and gentlemen, NFL fans joining us today, Minnesota Vikings fans, I am your humble host, Colton, Colt 45 Soroka, and am proudly rocking some purple here today for the purple people eaters. The shirt streak continues. I have yet to miss a day where we match, but... We're coming up here towards the end, and it's going to get a little tight to see if I can keep the streak going, so stay tuned. That all being said, we have plenty to talk about in regards to those aforementioned Purple People Eaters, but I can't do it by myself, and I've said we quite a few times so far. That is because I got a co-host on this podcast, a man who is an absolute legend when it comes to the NFL betting markets. He goes deep. He goes further than any other handicapper you might find out there. He finds the value that nobody else is looking at. 
That's why I have the pleasure to call him my partner in the second half of Talking the Line Sports Media and lock arm in arm with him every damn day and bring you these pods. And before you know it, we'll be cashing gridiron tickets together. So without further ado, the man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner. How you doing over there today, pal? My man, no complaints as always. I can't, uh, you know, I had about one team that I uh, matched the color scheme for, and I certainly wasn't going to pick it up today. Uh, I guess I don't have any purple as well. So, hey, I got no complaints well, nonetheless, but uh, I'm ready to get rocking on this team, man. You know, we've, uh, we'll keep our biases aside, but uh, it is an interesting team for us to talk about. A team that we watch, uh, you know, just about as much as our favorite teams. So I feel like we both have a great deal of knowledge on this team. And, uh, you know, as long as we keep our unbiased opinions, being some rival fans out of it, I think we'll have some pretty damn solid value. So I'm excited to get into this team, my friend. I am as well. That's definitely something we needed to mention. Sure. Me being a Bears fan, you being a Packers fan, obviously not the most love for the Minnesota Vikings, but we do see some value in their season overall. So, of course, we will be covering their full offensive and defensive lineup. We'll be going into their coaching staff. We'll dive deep into their schedule. Won't go week by week. We'll save that for the betting preview, but we will give you our full predictions for their 2021 season. Then we'll dive into the full season betting preview in the third segment of the day. And then fourth and final segment, as always, our best fantasy advice in start stash or pass. Make sure you stick around for all of that. Also have uh, plenty of banter nonsense. Our mags will hit us with hit us with his sidebar after we wrap up the Viking season preview. And then of course, I got motivation minutes to lay down for you guys as always. A little message on having a mindset of being a blessing in somebody's life. So if you need a little extra inspiration, motivation get you through this Tuesday, Make sure you stick around for the very end of the show. My motivation minutes actually a little bit uh, building on the message from yesterday, which was a heavy hitter. So make sure you stick around for that. Outside of that, nothing all too major. Uh, did get an announcement here, not in relation to uh, this team, but Elijah Moore back at practice for the New York Jets. Very so, big news. Uh, another addition back for the weapons there for Zach Wilson. Obviously sure. looking good. We'll see what happens uh, in New York. But as the days go on, me and Mags both uh, get a little bit higher on the New York in Jets. In certain spots, sure. Oh, Bob Sala's New York Jets. We'll see what happens down there. But that's not the team of the day. That's not what we're talking about. Actually, one other bit of news out of the NFC North before we dive into this NFC North team. My QB1 has been named for this week's preseason game, ladies and gentlemen. And you best believe it is Justin Fields. One quick thing I want to say on that, yes, thank goodness. This is what needed to happen. You can't see what he truly is when he's been diming the ball all over the field and all of his weapons are dropping the ball or not getting in the right position. Now he gets to play with the first stringers, and I think we see some good stuff coming up this week. But hey, just uh, here nor there. Just giving some Andy Dalton rest for that week one game, big week one game for Andy. <laughs> Keep your Packers nonsense over on that side of the table, if you could be so kind. But for today, let's get into the team of the day. Everything up on tap for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Uh, my partner said it. We got a lot to talk about with this team. Um, there's, They had a pretty disappointing 2020 sure did. Uh, in a lot of areas. We'll talk about some of those disappointing areas and actually where we think we see some improvements in those areas as well. 
Um, we will uh, also kind of look at some of their uh, their betting trends that actually you guys might not have known about. Uh, I wasn't aware of them until I did some extra research last night putting the show together. And there is a lot of information uh, about the Minnesota Vikings that might get glossed over by a lot of people just because of how they had 2020. So I suggest you listen up. We are going to be dropping loads of knowledge on your dome pieces today. So, hey. Get ready, get with it. First segment of the day is on tap, and it's ready to be on your screen. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get things started with the full team breakdown for the Purple People Eaters. As always, we'll start on the offensive side of the ball, talk about the key losses and additions, some 2020 stats. We'll break everything down for you as far as the projected starting lineups, and then we'll give you our overall outlooks and opinions. So let's get into it. I'll start things off with the key losses offensively for the Vikings going into 2021. Honestly, nothing really too major to write home about. They only let three guys go. I'll say four because kickers are people too and they score points. So first guy, Riley Reef, left tackle. That'll get you going in the morning. All right. The knuckles still got it. Riley Reef, left tackle. Uh, obviously a big name um, for them, but I do believe they were able to backfill him uh, going into 2021. Brett Jones, center. Obviously another big name. Obviously another centerpiece uh, of that uh, entire line. But once again, I think they were able to backfill him. Then Sean Mannion. Obviously, nothing you really need to worry about there quarterback-wise. And then the kicker, Dan Bailey, uh, sent him packing after a few good seasons. Um, I don't know. I can't remember offhand. I think he was a little lackluster last year. And just one of those times. Obviously, had a great career in Dallas, had a few good years in Minnesota. We'll see if some team picks him up off of free agency, but I'm not sure if he has as of yet. Now, as for the key offensive additions my friend could you be so kind as to indulge us i actually got to step off real quick because i forgot to turn on the ac out here in the production studio it is nice and cooled down rock and roll Alrighty, so these offensive additions, not very busy as far as free agency and trades go. Actually, very, very, uh, very busy on the defensive side of the ball. Not at all busy on offense. They made a trade for Mason Cole at center. He is going to be some depth. Probably not going to see the starting uh, offensive line spot in week one. So we may see him as the season goes on. That's about it for free agency and trades. They were very busy on the offensive side of the ball in the draft. Round one, later in the rounds, they traded back for Christian Derisaw, offensive tackle. My partner mentioned Riley Reef is out of town. Christian Derisaw is probably going to be starting week one for the Vikings. After that, they picked up third round Kellen Mond, quarterback, going to be the backup for Kirk Cousins. They also picked up Wyatt Davis, offensive guard. He could also be seeing some time week one right away for the Vikings. Then in the fourth round, Kenny in in. Gawu is going to be the toughest name I have to pronounce today. Running back, uh, I feel like I absolutely butchered that one, but that is a fourth-round running back. Going to be some nice depth for the Vikes. And then in the fifth round, they picked up Amir Smith-Marset, wide receiver, as well as Zach Davidson, tight end. So very, very busy uh, through the draft on the offensive side of the ball, partner. Not much to write home about as far as free agency is concerned, though. No, not much at all. Um, they were, however, as we'll talk about here in just a little bit, pretty uh, aggressive on the defensive side of the sure. ball, both uh, free agency trade market and the draft but that's not here or there we're talking about the offense right right now and uh yeah you mentioned some of those key players i'm glad you uh touched on them some of those uh, guys that are backfilling the ones that i mentioned that are out of town 
Now, before we get into the projected starting lineups for 2021 here, let's talk about some 2020 stats and what we think offensively, if we'll see the same or a little different. In 2020, the Vikings averaged 6.2 yards per play. They rushed the ball 45.75% of the time and passed on 54.25% of their plays. Across the board, uh, mostly, I think, yeah, it was all Kirk Cousins' completion percentage, 67.64% across the board. Third down, they're going to need to up this, but I'll tell you why it was such an issue here in a minute and what they can do to easy, easily alleviate that and right. up that number. 40.88% uh, conversion on third downs in 2020. That's brutal. And then in the red zone, actually, top notch, 71.19% conversion in the red zone. So you'd like to see that right there. Obviously, that's mainly because of Dalvin Cook. Sure. and just an absolute bowling ball once you get five right. yards and in. He uh, pretty much punches it in at will at that point. Now, as for that third down, before I get into 2021, yeah. a, a main reason, I just mentioned Dalvin Cook, sometimes too often, Gary Kubiak would rely on Dalvin Cook, especially on second downs right. and long second downs. And instead of passing the ball, he would just run that ball and it would set them up for very, very long third downs. That is why you see that 40.88% third down conversion rate. One thing that they can do this year immediately is just pass more on second down. They don't even have to bomb the ball on second down. They just need to gain four or five yards and have a third and three on third down, and Dalvin Cook can get that. When he's got to work with third and seven, it's a lot harder to right. do. Or you put that pressure on Kirk Cousins. We all know Kirk. He's good, but not the best in a lot right. of situations. So. That's uh that's where I see the yeah. the third down coming from this year. Right. To build on the, the number that shocked me to really illustrate that point, 2019, they were one of the best teams as far as second down number to go, which I think it was identical 7.2. So their average second down uh, yards to go was 7.2. One of the best in the league. Then in 2020, their third down to go was 7.2, the exact same number, one of the worst in the league. So that really illustrates my partner's point there. And it's uh you know why that third down conversion number was so low in 2020. So one thing that is concerning also, too, and we'll talk about it, but Gary Kubiak is out of town. So, hey, maybe we don't have that issue. Right. But his son backfills the position, right. Clint Kubiak. So you be the judge there. We'll uh, talk about it here in just a, a little bit. Yeah, a lot of nepotism in this. A lot uh, of nepotism in this here. old Minnesota coaching <laughs> staff. But, hey, who the fuck are we? Uh, either way, let's keep it moving into 2021. All right, projected starters here for you, my friends. Most of these names you are going to know regardless. Offensive line is going to be the uh, most notable, the most new names you'll right. know, you'll see. Uh, on the right side, right tackle, Brian O'Neill. And then the rookie next to him looks like he's going to get the starting right guard spot, Wyatt Davis. Then they got Gary. Garrett Bradbury, center, and then left guard Ezra Cleveland. Also the rookie Christian Derisaw, uh, left tackle. Looks like he will be getting the week one start as well. Then, as I always say, sometimes blocking, sometimes catching passes, lined up to the left or right of that aforementioned line. Irv Smith Jr., he now has no competition behind Kyle Rudolph, so I think we see some very solid production from Irv Smith. It might even be worth a look in fantasy, but we'll talk about that in the fourth and final segment. And then the wide receiver room, one of obviously the most dominant ones over the course of the last few seasons. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and then kind of finding his way within this offense too now, Ola BC or BC Johnson, uh, however you typically hear that. And then uh, behind them, the fourth and fifth guys looks like uh, projected on the depth chart. You have Ch Chad Beebe and then Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, so we'll see if those guys can make any contributions outside. But in my opinion, very severe lack of depth be right. behind Jefferson yeah, no, and Thielen. We obviously know the names. We obviously know they'll produce. We already had a scare with Jefferson in the preseason. Right. 
we really don't need that during the regular season uh, if you are the Vikings offense. And then last but certainly not least, you got your running backs, Dalvin Cook and backing him up, Alexander Madison again for the second year. Madison was a nice one-two punch, was able to give Cook some much-needed rest from time to time. And then the quarterbacks, Kirk Cousin and Kellen Mond. Not really sure why they picked up Kellen Mond. I'm not going to say I wasn't a fan in college. I thought he was a good player, but he just hasn't had that elite NFL level play ever in his college career. So it was just surprising for me to see them waste. I don't I don't necessarily want to say waste, but a first round or third round pick on Kellen Mond when there were a lot of other options if they really needed a quarterback. But they don't. Kirk Cousins still has two years left on his deal. They could have got it done next year or the year after. So it it really doesn't make much sense. But that's my thoughts overall on the offense. I think we, not I think, I know we continue to see production from Dalvin Cook. No question about it. Uh, we'll talk a lot about him in uh, the start, stash, or pass segment for fantasy. I think we see plenty of production against the uh, from Thielen and Jefferson. But as I said, they have to stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, this depth chart wide receiver-wise is is bad 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 outside of that i think cousins has a pretty on-brand kirk cousins season right not great a little bit mediocre and lackluster at points other than that i think this offensive line does a real good job protecting him but again i i think they're going to be in a lot of shootouts and i think they're going to produce don't get me wrong i just don't know if it's going to be 30 40 points a game i have no idea sure yeah i mean i would say the offensive line is the biggest x factor as far as an actual player standpoint they have a great season then the ceiling goes way higher if they're terrible with some of these new faces then their ceiling obviously goes a lot lower what i'm interested in uh to see with uh now clint kubiak as the offensive coordinator is what their game to game game plan game to game you know whoever their opponent is as far as what their game plan is every single week because we saw it last year or not yeah yeah last year excuse me uh there were certain games where they had a fantastic game plan um and it worked out it happened to my packers they had a totally different game plan with dalvin cook and then the next uh i should shouldn't say the next game after that but then there's a different game later on the season where they just have a bad matchup and they choose the wrong game plan they have the versatility with these high flying receivers they have dalvin cook it's just a matter of are they picking the right game plan and then like you said figuring out that uh you know that second down passing as opposed to running so heavily on second down so honestly in my opinion the you know the crux of this team is going to be the play calling and the game plan on a week-to-week basis partner absolutely and i'm a little concerned about how much of a change we see in the game plan with right. it just being Clint Kubiak. Right. I, yeah. I really like, is it going to be just a picture perfect yeah. a mirror image of him, or has he got some <laughs> young, young infusion of a different style than his dad? I don't know. I have no idea, but uh, we'll th- we think it'll be right around the middle of the pack. But hey, as always, let's take a look what the guys over at SFA are thinking we see from this Minnesota Vikings team offensively this year. Key rankings from those guys, once again, as always, say it every time, but thank you so much for your work and the assist with some of the key stats we use on the daily show. But that being said, the quarterback room, Kirk Cousins and Kelamon come in ranked 14th in the league, so a little bit better than uh, right at middle of the pack. I think they stay right around there. I don't see much improvement or maybe even a little bit of a decline. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. Uh, Offensive line, 21st ranked unit in the league. So I think that's a fair assessment. Obviously, they can improve upon that. But once again, I think they stay right around that number. 
Running backs come in as the second-ranked unit in the league. Obviously, if you have Dalvin Cook in the backfield, that is going to loom large regardless. I think uh, Alexander Madison, I wouldn't call him an elite handcuff, but I definitely call him handcuff-worthy. He uh, right. he can he can pick up the slack when Dalvin has to go out or if Dalvin get, gets hurt at any point in the season, as he has over the last right. two seasons. Yeah. So there's that. I like his production when uh, Dalvin Cook is totally out and he's the bona fide number one guy. Like if Dalvin Cook has to miss a game, he needs to pick it up as far as when he's getting, you know, three to five carries, you know, spelling Dalvin Cook on the sideline. That's where he really needs to pick up his production. Sure. And then uh, the receiver unit coming in as the fourth ranked unit in the league. So obviously you have that elite talent, but could decline if they face any type of injury issues or for any reason, Adam Thielen's touchdown production uh, declines as his age increases. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. something to think about there. But those are the key rankings, courtesy of the guys over at SFA. We will go uh, more in depth by position and by player uh, when we get into the fourth and final segment. Said that about 10 times already, but the start, stash, or pass segment. So if you're looking for more uh, information per player, stick around, fourth and final segment of the day. But let's Let's flip the script, get into the defensive side of the ball, and let's talk a little bit about what Adam Zimmer is going to have these boys doing this year. That's right. We were saying nepotism. This is Mike Zimmer, head coach, his son, taking over the defense in that same defensive mind, so we should see a lot of the exact same things that we saw last year and over the course of the past seven seasons Mm -hmm. from Mike Zimmer. That all being said, Barter, let me kick it over to you as always. And if you could so kindly indulge us as the key defensive losses for the Purple People Eaters going into 2021. Alrighty, so nothing, uh, you know, no names that are going to slap you in the face here, but a few names that uh, have been some key contributors for the last few years here. Anthony Harris at the safety position, played 16 games in 2020, played the last six seasons in Minnesota. He's out of town. Eric Wilson, linebacker, played 16 games. He played the last four seasons for the Vikings. And then you have Hardy Nickerson, only played 14 games for the linebacker. These are a little bit more depth guys, but still some guys that played some roles for the Vikings in 2020. If Eddie Igbo, off the edge, played 15 games. Thought I was going to nail that one, but I totally missed it. Julio Johnson on the interior defensive line, 16 games. Shamar Steven, also interior, 16 games. And then Todd Davis, linebacker, played 11 games. So really those top two guys, Anthony Harris and Eric Wilson, with the bigger losses out of uh, you know this whole list of names, a lot of depth guys, but nothing crazy here, partner. Nothing crazy at all, and uh, not to correct you, but just uh, just so future reference, Efedi Odedigbo. 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 Okay. <laughs> well, he's on the Giants now, so we'll be <laughs> needing that in a second. We won't need that, but you will need it once we get to Friday. That'll be you, actually. To, oh yeah. So I'll, that'll hey, be you. We got it, Odedigbo. No problem at all. All right. So keep it moving, <laughs> rocking and rolling. I will take over for the key defensive additions for the. Vikings here in 2021. I actually told you guys a little while ago when we were talking about the offense that this is where they targeted. They kind of did a little bit of an overhaul and brought in some key pieces and uh, actually brought back a guy we didn't know if they were going to bring back yesterday in Everson Griffin. Uh, Edge rusher looks like that uh, kind of a question mark on the right side of the defensive line is now alleviated. They brought him back in. They also brought in Dalvin Tomlinson, interior defensive lineman, $10.5 million deal. Brought in Patrick Peterson, the old man. Even though he hasn't been the Patrick Peterson of old, I still believe we see some good production from him this year. Gave him an $8 million deal, so obviously they have a little bit of faith in him. Steven Weatherly was brought in off the edge before they knew if they were going to bring in Everson Griffin or not. He got a $2.5 million deal. Nick Vigil, linebacker, $1.8 million deal. Xavier Woods uh, comes in to backfill uh, the aforementioned 
Uh, oh, uh, Anthony Harris. Yeah. Anthony Harris. Uh, yeah, so he, he's going to backfill Anthony Harris. Uh, looks like he's going to get the immediate start. Uh, safety, $1.8 Then McKenzie Alexander was brought in. Obviously, a very solid defensive back. Has been throughout his entire career in the NFL. $1.1 million deal. I think uh, definitely in this Zimmer defense, I think we see him uh, definitely improve from some of the seasons past. Right. Then Perry Nickerson, uh, they brought him in another defensive back. I think this is just more of a depth ad because they're paying him less than a million bucks. So, uh, uh, obviously nothing to write home about there. And then in the draft, uh, got five guys in total. They picked up Chaz Surratt, linebacker out of North Carolina. Patrick Jones, the second defensive end out of Pittsburgh. They also got his teammate, Jalen Tymon, defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Cameron Bynum, defensive back out of Cal. And then Janarius Robinson, defensive end out of Florida State. So obviously beefed up the depth on the line side of things and in the secondary department. So we'll see how they do here in 2021. I honestly have very high hopes as an unbiased fan. Typically a Zimmer defense is always mm-hmm. locked down, always shut down. But being as a Bears fan, I really fucking hate that because it looks like they're actually going to be good again this year. Yeah. That all being said, let's look quickly at 2020 before I tell you all about 2021 here, the projected starters. The Vikings on defense allowed opponents to average 6.1 yards per play last year. I think that ticks down a little bit, right around the 5 to 5.5 mark. The Their opponents completed on a 66.17% clip. Uh, and then on third down, they converted at a 39.46% clip. So not too bad. Obviously, uh, holding uh, opponent offenses very uh, minimally once they get to third down there so I like that number to remain somewhat the same because obviously they had a lot of holes and they dealt with a lot of issues last Mm -hmm. year and then in the red zone they allowed their opponents to score at a 58.62 clip I think that stays right around the same just because of the opponents that they play a lot of the opponents that they play are successful in the red zone so I think that's going to stay right around the same even though they are dominant but what I uh, think does improve a little bit is the opponent yards per play. That all being said, let's talk just a little bit about the 2021 projected starters here before we give you some outlooks. As far as the defensive line goes, coming back after injury last year, Daniil Hunter on the left side of the line. Next to him, Dalvin Tomlinson, defensive tackle. Then Michael Pierce opposite of him. And then it looks like Everson Griffin will probably be the uh, opposite side edge rusher. Not too certain. It's a little bit murky, but I don't know why they would have brought him in yesterday when he was the main right end uh, before he hit the free agent market then you have behind them the linebackers rounding out the front seven anthony barr and eric kendricks both two guys who are very dominant in their own right anthony Mm -hmm. barr more of a rushing guy eric kendricks more of a coverage guy so obviously they have that uh, covered there no pun intended coverage guy covered uh secondary obviously um there is one kind of question mark on uh one of the sides either jeff gladney will get the start or they do obviously have a lot of other depth depth to kind of choose from but then it obviously looks like McKenzie Alexander will get the slot spot and then Patrick Peterson will obviously be the number one defensive back here and then I hate to say it as a Bears fan but my favorite safety in the league Harrison Smith I've loved him since he's been in the league back when I had or I still have it but I haven't played in a while when I was playing Madden 2012 2013 Mm. I would play with that Vikings defense have 15 picks a game with Harrison Smith so I can't wait to see him again I think he has another elite level production year here in 2021 and then just talked about him a little bit ago Xavier Woods uh, brand new off the free agent market and looks like he's going to be taking over the free safety position right away so a lot of solid names in uh, this this team, uh, or defensively wise. 
If I had one area that I would complain, it would be the cornerbacks, yep. defensive backs. I love Patrick Peterson. I do. He's always been good, but he's just, I've already said it, he's not that Patrick Peterson that, that we've come to know and love over the course of the last few seasons or over the course of his career. That's why he got shipped out of Arizona. It's just, it, it's part of uh, getting old in the NFL. That's what it is. Jeff Gladney potentially getting a start, maybe one of the new guys. I, I just think there's too much up in the air right, right now and too many question marks in this secondary. So they're really going to have to tighten that up before week one. And their early season does not look the easiest. So they're going to have to definitely get with it quick, fast, right. and in a hurry. That's what I think defensively. Partner, uh, anywhere you can fill in some holes, give any other insights there defensively for Minnesota? Yeah, I, as far as the corners, I have uh, very similar opinions as you. I think that is going to be the one weak spot. The other thing is really the health of the front seven. If they're 100% healthy, all these guys are back playing the full season and uh, you know even some of these new additions pan out and play healthy and play really solid, that front seven is going to look like a top 10, if not top five front seven in the league. And I I think we expect that, but I do think we might see a little bit of an in, some injury issues. Hunter, Anthony Barr, these guys had some uh, pretty significant injuries, so I'm interested to see how they bounce back from that. The uh, addition, re-addition of Everson Griffin is huge, especially if you have a tandem of, you know, any three, the combo of him, Weatherly, and Hunter coming in off uh, off the edge. That's right. really solid if all, those, all three of those guys are healthy. So I think I have, I want to say high hopes, but, uh, you know, I think it's a good, not great unit. Good, not great is one hell of a way to yeah. put it. Most definitely. I would have to agree with that as well. So wrapping things up defensively here for the Vikings. Key rankings, once again, courtesy of the guys over at SFA. This front seven comes in ranked as the eighth best unit in the league, so I think they're definitely worthwhile of that. Uh, obviously, my partner just mentioned some of the injuries with Anthony Barr, Eric Kendrick, stuff like that. Uh, I'm not too sure that that's going to be too much of an issue this year. I think they bounce back no problem whatsoever. And then this defensive line, especially with Daniil Hunter coming back, mm -hmm. can't wait to see what he does returning from injury. I think this defensive line, especially too with bringing back Everson Griffin yesterday, I think they're going to be just yeah. fine, and they live up to that. Might even crack the top five if I'm a little bit hot takey today. Then the secondary comes in ranked as the 17th ranked unit in the league. Uh, obviously, the guys at SFA have as many question marks as we right. do. Uh, just got to tighten up some stuff, and some of the names in there just aren't as elite as they once were in their career, as you know. Wrapping things up for the entire team breakdown, who leads these men into battle on a Sunday-by-Sunday Sunday or maybe Monday or Thursday basis? Well, I'm so glad you asked because that is head coach Mike Zimmer. Roll birds, oh, will you? Oh, Roll please. fucking birds, Roll will birds, you? Baby. Uh, we still love Mike Zimmer, even though he is the coach of the Vikings uh, against uh, two of our favorite teams. However, roll fucking birds. And then uh, offensive coordinator, we already talked about him multiple times, Clint Kubiak coming in, Gary Kubiak's son. And uh, if you didn't know, Gary Kubiak was the OC here in Minnesota last year. Coming in for his second year now, talk about nepotism. Adam Zimmer coming in as the defensive coordinator, uh, obviously going under his dad's wing. I don't know how much longer uh, Zimmer has in the NFL. You don't ever like to put a, a cap on a guy no. who uh, still has plenty of potential, right. even though he's getting up there in years now. I think he has plenty of time left, but obviously grooming his son to kind of get into the same position sure. that he finds himself in now. Yeah, I mean, as far as Zimmer himself, Mike Zimmer, that is, 
his time with the Vikings could be numbered. You know, if uh, things go south this year or next year, that might be the end for him. But he'll have, uh, if he wants it, he'll have a job in the NFL for a long time. Oh, most deaf, most deaf. And it's just any opportunity I get. I've already said it three times, but one more. Roll fucking oh, birds, birds Illinois baby. State, I mean, for those of you who are unfamiliar ooh, with the Harvard of the Midwest. Harvard of the Midwest, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The Illinois State University. The. Fucking shout the. out. Shout out to that amazing university. All right. <laughs> let's keep it rocking and rolling. If you didn't know, we are alumni and we absolutely love our alma mater. That all being said, that does it. Full team breakdown for the Purple People Eaters. Let's get into second segment of the day. The full schedule breakdown. Oh, shit. Wrong way. Schedule breakdown. All right. Here we go. Time for uh, the uh, predictions coming from the crew. Uh, if you haven't been around yet uh, for the updates for the schedule, we're not going week by week doing all that jazz. We'll save that now for the betting preview. So we'll just give you straight up our predictions, what we're thinking, how we're feeling. I like to uh, kind of come into this blind sometimes, especially when we start talking about the yeah. offense and getting the juices flowing and all right, now I'm seeing it. Okay, I see their schedule. Yeah, I'm fresh. Everything's fresh in my mind. Let me dish out some predictions. So let's get into it right now, my friends. First things first, obviously, we got to talk about it. Their division, our division, our division, the, the black NFC and blue North, baby. Um, overall, we've been really low on the Vikings. With mm, we sure have. Because we've already talked about all three teams. We've yep. talked about the Packers, Lions, and the Bears. If you haven't seen all those, go back and watch them. They were all loaded episodes in their own right. Right. Um, fuck. We were we were really really talk on low on them. Um, as far as the Lions go, I will give them both wins over the Lions. Those are the easiest. Yep. I, I got to get that out of the way. Those are the easiest ones yep. on their schedule. Week five, week thirteen, easy money. The Bears. I think the more I think about this, and this is not Homer, I think they lose both of those games. Hmm. I think they're going to be a shootout. I think Justin Fields is going to be in prime time mode at that point in time. And those are week 15 and week 18. Okay. So I think those are going to mean a shitload for the Bears. And I know this might be lofty, but I think the Bears have quite the potential, if we start Justin Fields week one, to make potentially a wild card run. Potentially, potentially, potentially. But that's going to mean week 15 and week 18 are extremely important for the Bears. So I'm going to say 2-0, and just how we've kind of worked through this whole thing. And then with the pack... Just because it's the he they got the home game sandwich in between two away games, and I think that's the one that they have circled and all the other ones week eight through twelve, they're like hard as hell, but hopefully we can get out of there. But hey, we at least we have one at home against the Packers and home field advantage is gonna loom really, really large for the Vikings this year, as I'll tell you about to start the betting preview. So I'm gonna give them three and three in the NFC North. Okay. Very interesting. I will say three and three, but a uh, much different three and three uh, outside of the Lions. I think they sweep the Lions, no problem. Swept them last year. Uh, had uh, a little bit of a close game a week, a seventeen, almost at eighteen. I know it was where a, you're going. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going? Ah, uh, gee, you what ass. do you, what do you, uh, what do you think I'm gonna do? You do you ass. think I'm gonna give them a sweep your fucking Packers? Leave my Bears alone. <laughs> no, I'm not leaving the Bears alone. I think they split with the Bears. These Bears Vikings games over the last yeah. three years have always been very close. I think they. 
have either split or I think it's been a split or maybe even the Bears have won both games the last three years. Uh, but both games were very back and forth. I think it's going to be a clean split home and home. Um, you know, Bears get it at home on Monday night in week 15 and then the Vikings get it back uh, in week 18 at home. And then as far as my pack, I will say the Packers get both games there. Uh, the Vikings, that was their one lone win versus that was really the only win that they could boast about last year. And uh, I think the Packers get this one back. Last year it was in Lambeau, actually. And uh, it was really just the perfect recipe for a win. There you go. Perfect recipe for the win, for a win. The win was whipping like crazy. The Vikings had a perfect game plan. I got to give it credit. Uh, couldn't stop Dalvin Cook. Kept Aaron Rodgers off the field. I think uh, the Packers will have a different game, type of game plan this time around. And uh, having lost that game, that being their only division loss last year, they're going to be wanting that lick back. So I'm going to give the Pack... A crisp two and zero, oh, so a three and three for the Vikings out of the NFC North. Yeah, obviously uh, we were going to pick our our Gee, favorite teams figure. in that situation, but <laughs> yeah, obviously three and three one way or another per the both of us in the NFC yeah, North. I'd there. be shocked if they lost to the Lions in either game. I would be too. And moving right along, those are their first six games uh, that we are discussing now. The eight main non-divisional games outside of that, they got the AFC North and the NFC West. We've talked about it plenty of times. The NFC West, uh, we didn't even think the Packers might have all too much success against right. the NFC West. So starting there, I will give them a modest one and three by one Oof. way or an another. Um, I either just because Seattle Minnesota games are always interesting, yeah, and Arizona Minnesota games are always <laughs> yep. interesting. So I feel like one ah. way or another, they scratch out a win in, in those games. I think the 49ers is a fucking runaway, and the Rams is just an absolute defensive beatdown for the Rams. So I'll give them one way or another, modest one and three in the NFC West. Okay. This has been my toughest one out of all these breakdowns. I, I'll give them losses against the Niners and the Rams as well. Because uh, that's where you were headed too, right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, losses to those yeah. two teams. I'll definitely stick with you on that. I'm torn as far as one win between these two teams or two wins. I want to give them the win against Seattle. Like you said, I am, I can't wait for that game already. These Rams, or excuse me, these uh, Vikings Seahawks games uh, the Bananas. last few years have Bananas. just been absolute madness. And, and I don't think week three in Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. baby. So that right. And I'll uh, so I'll give the Vikings that one. Um, and I am leaning towards the Cardinals in week two just because I don't like the matchup for the Vikings. Because as much as I think this defense is going to be improved for the Vikings on the road in Arizona, I think that Arizona offense is going to be high flying, and I don't know if the Vikings can keep up with them. With that being, I'm going to go one and three, and uh, you know I don't know what that total is, but uh, I'm already going to say I'm going to hammer the over in that week two game, no the question. The over in the week two games, 49 and a half, hasn't oh, got to 50 yet, so give me, give me all a hammer. Well, give hey, me my hey, biggest hey, hammer. Hey, hold sorry, on, hold sorry, on. I'm we'll get excited. into the betting preview. We'll get in the way too early. We're getting way too <laughs> fucking excited. It is sorry. 16 days so away, close. ladies We're and so gentlemen. Close. Holy shit, hockey mushrooms. All right, back into it. Ahead of myself, sorry. Back to the schedule. Calm one and three. Cool. That seems crazy, though, man. That seems crazy to say one and three. You're still on the, the NFC West. Yeah, Let's get into the yeah. AFC North. Enough with the AFC or the NFC West. AFC North. I will once again give them a modest one and three. <laughs> uh, they could very well go two and two. I believe their one win does come against the Bengals, um, but they could very well get a win over the Steelers. The game against the Steelers is at U.S. Bank Stadium mm -hmm. in Minnesota. 
So I think they could very well get that one. The Bengals uh, game is their week one matchup. It's how they open up the season. I just don't see the Vikings starting lackluster, and I see the Bengals kind of struggling yeah. to start the season. Joey B kind of getting his feet wet again, getting his full game speed. Like I'm, I'm Obviously, he's seen the preseason, but and he's taken a couple hits. Sure. That's not the same as sure. regular season, full speed, pop. That's He's got to see that first. So I potentially, a little bit of a lean with that Week 14 matchup in Minnesota against the Steelers. Could go 2-2. Two and two, but I'm going to stay a little bit more modest and okay. go one and three. Okay. I'm doing a more than uh, more confident than I was on the uh, NFC West. I'm going one and three a little more confidently here. I think they get that week one win, open it up against the Bengals. I'm not going to say too much because you said basically what I'm thinking there. And then I think they struggle against the Browns and Ravens. That Browns matchup. Uh, shit, Kevin Stefanski. I don't think they played each other last year. That's going to be a Kevin Stefanski revenge game, if you want to call it that. So and it's in Minnesota. And it is so. in Minnesota. So I'll take the Browns in that one. Uh, they get the Ravens off of the Ravens by in Baltimore. That is not a good recipe. Don't give me that one. And then I think that uh, I like what you said. It is in Minnesota, that Thursday night game against the Steelers. But I, A, I think that's the worst matchup potentially on their entire schedule for the Vikings you know I'm not super high on the Steelers offense but I am pretty high on their defense and I think that is the perfect defense to match up with this Vikings offense and Kirk Cousins doesn't play too well in primetime games so give me the Steelers in that one and I'll go with the confident one and three out of the uh, NFC North North, so you're you're taking the uh, one win against the Steelers instead of no one win against the Bengals I, I'm oh, saying, saying I think the Steelers, the Steelers, Steelers take that. yeah yeah okay be in prime time gotcha yeah. so we're both uh one and three, one and three. all righty still can't. now for the remaining three games <laughs> they get off of the NFC West <laughs> man the remaining three up. games I don't even have to it's I don't up. even have to hear him and know what he's thinking three remaining games Chargers Cowboys and the Panthers um this one's a little bit. Uh, this one's a little bit interesting here. Uh, let me click back over the schedule because this one's going to depend a lot on scheduling. Um, I think the Chargers get that victory. That one's in SoFi. Sure. Uh, then the Panthers and the boys. Uh, the boys is going to be interesting. That's Sunday night football. You just said it. Kirk Cousins isn't good in prime time. And those Cowboys Vikings games, much oh, like the Seahawks and Vikings games, are just as equally crazy. And that's coming out of the Vikings bye week. Yeah. So. I'll lean Minnesota there just because it's in Minnesota and those two those two teams always yeah. something crazy happens. It looks like a negated bye week though. I think both teams out the bye. Ooh, so then uh Carolina, that leaves Carolina. They play them before the bye. Right. They should get that win, but they very well could easily be looking past them, looking into the bye week and looking in probably one of their bigger games of the season. Yeah. Everybody knows they're always shootouts right. against the Cowboys in week eight. So one way or another, I see two and one. Oh, really? Okay. One way or not. Nah, one and two, actually. Yeah. One way or another. <laughs> Either they clip off against the Cowboys or the Panthers. And then they ha- they they lose either to the Chargers and yeah. one of those two aforementioned teams. I, I just I don't yeah I don't know I I hate that I'm so modest I just I'm trying to think like am I is this me being biased that's as what a I'm Bears trying to, that's fan? what's like, tearing just, me up dude but it it just I don't know I'm gonna say again a modest one and two I am right there with you one way or another one and two and again and especially with this one I feel because we were high on the Panthers and it is in Carolina. And I, it's tough for me to say that they lose to the Carolina Panthers, but I'll say one way or another, they either beat the Panthers or the Cowboys. Like I said, I don't like taking the Vikings in primetime with Kirk Cousins. 
Having said that, Mike McCarthy is also not the best coming out of his bye weeks. His uh, bye week records are not very good. So one way or another, give me one and two. I, it's another one that I'm less confident in. I really think the Chargers smack him in the mouth in L.A. So give me one and two. All right, so one and two. So we got three and three, one and three, one and three, and then one and oh, two. man. So that three, four, so five, three, four, five, six, and three, six, nine, ten, eleven. Six and eleven, my friend. Oh, boy. That seems very that, pessimistic. That, that seems very, very pessimistic. I even kind of want to read back, walk back a little bit. But again, the AFC West is going to be... Lights the schedule out. is tough, man. I the mean, NFC, look- or the the NFC West is going to be lights out. The AFC North is going to be lights out. the The remaining three they have, the Cowboys are going to be good this year. Right. I mean, they're going to at least be good offensively. Right. Dak's back. They're going to be able right. to hang in it. And you know, maybe the Panthers fucking surprise us in Week Six. Yeah. And the Chargers, with the curse of Anthony Lynn out of the building, and they're already producing with him in the building. Unless Brandon Staley is just nothing at all right. i don't see them not having success so i know that seems pessimistic it is. as all shit but that's, yeah but i mean yeah. shit that stretch of weeks eight through 12 oh. cowboys ravens oh. chargers packers niners i mean if they can come out of that even two and three then hell they got a chance and you know maybe we're being a little too pessimistic cardinals seahawks panthers but Aside from that, man, they've got some tough games. I mean, you look back at their schedule last year. I said it already. Their only game that they could boast about was the one game against the Packers. All their other ones were either bad or mediocre teams. Mm. And I will say, I think they're going to be a lot tougher at home this year. But, I mean, their home schedule is even tougher than it was last year, man. So so we'll talk about that yeah. in, in the betting preview, too. Um, but kind of a quick comparison, 2020 to 2021, they had a lackluster season last right. year with those bad opponents that you right. just talked about. They played the AFC South. Texans weren't anything to write home about. The Jags weren't anything to write home about. Colts had a prolific ability to shoot themselves in the foot with 30 seconds left to go in a football game and the Colts smacked them in the mouth yeah and then the titans uh, so okay the titans were probably the best one out of that then you get the nfc south the falcons couldn't hold a lead past five seconds into the second half the panthers were a fucking dumpster fire uh, sometimes here or there who knew the saints they weren't the normal regular saints and then okay you had the bucks the bucks was really hard but then the boys and the seahawks those are the two shootout games back and forth. That's what right. they are. That's what it's going to be. So, well, geez, yeah. outside of the main three or outside of the additional three, it gets so much harder within the division, the improvements within the division, and then the main eight non-divisional games. Not to mention even these wins that they had against bad teams, uh, six of them were against bad teams. Only one of them was more than one score win, a 14-point win over the Lions. All these other ones, they took the Jags to overtime. They lost to the Cowboys with Andy Dalton starting quarterback, for fuck's sake. So, let's move on. Yeah, that uh, does it <laughs> pretty much in full. Uh, <laughs> oh, just quickly, uh, the key rest and oh, yeah, prep, yeah. Uh, uh, kind of the key stats there. They play five opponents that have over a week to prepare for them. Ouch. Sheesh. They play one opponent that has less than a week to prepare for them. Ouch. They have four games that they play on a rest disadvantage. Ouch. And only one game that they play with a rest advantage. Mm-hmm. Ouch. They have no short week road games, so good there. But they're putting Kirk Cousins in prime time a lot. Right. And actually two Sunday night or Monday night football games. And the team plays a road game off of those Sunday night <laughs> or Monday night football games. So the schedule makers, yeah, they don't they, necessarily yeah. get to pick and choose who they play. But 
They get to pick and choose when they play them, and the schedule makers are doing one of these numbers to the old Vikings this right. season. So, across the board, it ain't looking good no. there. That might loom large into it some should. of our uh, record predictions overall. Yeah, that one advantage is Week 15 Monday Night Football at Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Let's keep this moving right along. We're a little bit behind schedule here. <laughs> We're getting a little windy. So, third segment of the day into the full season betting preview now as always we'll kick things off go back to 2020 real quick and got some key things to talk to you guys about here uh because i think a lot of people will be fading the vikings in some certain situations but uh, hey 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 hold on wait a minute there's actually some value on these boys before we get into all of their betting trends of 2020 they had an average line uh they were favored by 0.3 points in 2020 they come into 2021 getting just a little bit less respect on average about two tenths of a decimal point down to 0.1 favorites getting a point one of a point they're favored in nine games this year dogs in seven games and then they have the one pick them against carolina in week six so interesting there as we were talking about carolina it should be the game that they take care of the books got it as a pick them so again it just keeps kind of building on upon itself that the Vikings might struggle a little bit here this season. However, in 2020, they definitely struggled against the number. 6-10 ATS with a 7-9 straight-up record. They were 2-7 against the number as a favorite and 4-3 and against it as a pooch. Now, at home, I want you to listen up real quick. This is very, 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 very key. At home, they were 2-6 ATS, 3-5 straight up. As a home favorite, they were 1-6. As a home dog, they were 1-0. Now, this is a spot that you are going to be able to back the Vikings again this year. Let me tell you why. Over the course of the last five seasons, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20, since Mike Zimmer has been there, he's actually been there seven years, but just the five, since 2016, the... Minnesota Vikings are 26 and 17 ATS at home. Going into 2020, they were 24 and 9 ATS at home mm-hmm. under Zimmer. So, I think they return to that latter number there. They improve upon that heavily because why? All 32 stadiums are going to have full capacity fans. Let's fucking go! That is very important for the Minnesota Vikings and U.S. Bank Stadium because little did you know, their roof is built so that it's a good home field the advantage. Bananas fans and everything that they're spewing out of their faces bounces off the ceiling and right back into the players' ears yep. on the field. So it's an I advantage. It's, I think it's going to loom very large, and I think that they'll be just fine. And one final thought, in case you think I'm crazy. Mike Zimmer has a 58.6% cover rate since he has been the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. So I think you can have some faith again in the Minnesota Vikings at home. Now the road, it's going to be a little bit of a different story. Don't really know what I can tell you there. It's going to take the right spot because they were 4-4 against the number ATS last year. 4-4 straight up. 1-1 as an away favorite and and 3-3 as an away dog. So obviously split, break even. It's going to take the exact spot. You're going to have to target them against a specific team. It's going to, and you might even on the road there, they might be fade worthy in a lot of spots. Sure. But at home, I think that you're going to want to target the Minnesota Vikings, especially if they're a home dog or on some very small spreads. 
That all being said, how about some game totals? In 2020, they had an average line of 50.9. Very interesting that they have dropped down the total in 2021, an average of 47.1. So over three full percentage points, given the fact that the Vikings were 10 and six over under overall last year. So very interesting that the number dropped down into 2021. They were seven and one to the over at home. 5-3 to the under on the road, 7-2 to the over as a favorite, and and 4-3 to the under as an underdog. So I think they have a lot of over games. I mean, you already picked out the one game against Arizona. We're already talking about how the Dallas games are always crazy. The Seattle games are always crazy. I think that Steelers game could be a shootout. I think the Bears games could be a shootout. I think, once again, that the Vikings are an over team, and I don't necessarily know why the books ticked it down so far. That does raise a few red flags in my mind, sure. but I do once again think we uh, see a lot of overs here from the Vikings in 2021. Last but certainly not least, you love them. I love them. He loves them. We all love them. A good teaser. Oh, yeah. You're sitting on Tuesday morning. Maybe the sausage dip is going in the oven, getting nice and bubbly. Is it Tuesday morning? Or, no, no, no. I, sa- I said the sausage dip is in the oven. I think you said it's sitting on Tuesday morning. Sitting around, either way, sitting around on Sunday morning. I don't give a fuck what I said. Either way, you're waiting on your fucking appetizer. You're sipping on a beer. Moment over, you're building the fucking teaser. Hey, you know what? Avoid the Vikings. Forget I even said anything because they're nine and seven and six points, nine and six and seven points, and 11 and four and 10 points. So maybe if you can get them through a bunch of key numbers, target them in your 10 point teaser for yeah. an extra little plus money, Pauly Lake. Yeah, definitely uh, at home, I'll be interested in them this year. Very well. Very well. I would agree with that, especially in 10 points. Yeah. So there you go. Potentially a little uh, week-to-week ad. If you're building those big boy teasers, those 10-pointers, uh, you need a couple extra leg, get you into that plus money poly category. Vikings might be worth a look at home. All right. That's 2020. Back to 2021. Now, oh boy. We uh, talked in full about the entire schedule. Sure did. Um, And now let's break it down week by week. The lines, everything we got. See if the books are lining up with our thoughts. Week one, they're in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. as we've already talked about. They're laying three points, coming in as favorites. Week two, going to Arizona, back-to-back road games. They are getting three and a half points against the Cardinals. They're laying a point and a half against Seattle at home. So very interesting there, my friends. You know how those shootouts end, and you know what we're telling you about how the Vikings should be in in, uh, home this year. Then they welcome in the Browns in week four. They are getting a point and a half. They're underdogs in that spot. Then in week five, they welcome in the Lions. They're laying eight and a half points, so just a little over a touchdown there. And then I already told you about the pick'em, but in week six, they got that pick'em against the Panthers in Carolina. Then they have their bye week seven. By week negated, the boys coming off of their bye as well. Week eight, that game is in Minnesota. They are giving two points to the Dallas Cowboys. So once again, much like the Seattle shootout we're predicting, might be a Seattle sh- or a uh, Dallas shootout as well. Right. And they get another win at home here. It looms large. They are getting a touchdown against the Ravens in Baltimore, getting three points in week 10 against the Chargers in LA. Then week 11, they finally meet your pack. They're laying three points against them. That game is in Minnesota, so very interesting there when they beat them in Lambeau last year. And then week 12, they are once again getting seven points against the 49ers. That one is in San Fran. Then week 13, they go to play the Lions in Detroit. They are 
giving four points to the Lions. Then in week 14, they're giving two and a half points to the Steelers at home. I like that spread once again. I mean, you give me the spreads with Seattle, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. I really like those as home spreads. Then week 15, they're giving a point to the Bears on the road. I like the Bears in that spot, plus one. I think they get that dub. Obviously, partner does not with his schedule predictions. In Chicago, Um, I do. Oh, I thought you... Uh, no, no, I, yeah, yeah. In you, Chicago, you I got the Bears. Go, you had them go... Uh, uh, splitting with them, but whoever them. the home oh, team two, is. Two and oh for the Packers. Yeah, I yeah. got you. Okay, so there you go. Week 15, the Bears. I like the Bears getting that one. Then week 16, they are getting two and a half points at home against the Rams. And then week 17, they go to Lambeau, the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Getting three points against the Packers and then laying four points to close out the season at home against the Bears. So honestly, in my mind, I'm going to be really tentative on the road. Um, you know, week one, maybe, maybe the three and a half against uh, Arizona. Week two, maybe the pick em. Outside of that, it's going to really depend how they're playing from week to week right. on the road. But at home, I love the minus one and a half against Seattle. I'm not too opposed to the plus one and a half against Cleveland, but that would basically mean they win that game and we don't think they win that game. So that's that's interesting. But again... The Brownies were one of those teams that stiffed betters left, right, and mm, center sure, last sure. year with bad beats. So that could be a bad beat central. Browns one-point win. <laughs> yeah, Vikings covered. I don't know. And then also the boys. I love the boys there. Uh, Green Bay minus three. You know, it's interesting. I think that's kind of a trap line. That might be before Rodgers, though. A lot yeah, of uh, that could be as a lot well. of the Packers lines um, were before him. But I, I do. I can't lie. I really like that minus two and a half against Pittsburgh in week 14. Okay. I, I just think home field advantage. How well? 24-9 and nine before 2020. Yeah since 2016 against the number at home i have to play into that stat yeah. and i think they're going to return just to normal because you said it this home field advantage is so big it is. for the vikes so i i'm still torn on it because i what you're saying you're i can't deny it i can't look past that however kirk cousins versus winning teams throughout his career uh you know this number might be skewed but i believe this is at the end of the season teams that had a winning record he's seven and 35 in his career against straight winning up. teams straight up and so, obviously, you know, yes. that's not ATS. I don't know what his ATS numbers are. So, I'm interested in that Seattle, Dallas at home, uh, minus one and a half, minus two. But there's a lot of uh, teams that are probably going to be winning teams on this Wowza. schedule. So, it still scares me, man. Like, yeah. I can't I can't look past that home, uh, home field advantage number. I can't look past it. But I also can't really look past Kirk Cousins in prime yeah. time. Kirk Cousins yeah. against winning teams. And, uh, you know, I, I might be a little tentative. It's going to depend how they're looking on a week-to-week basis. Uh, yeah, because they could really, very well screw you, too. Um, um, before we get going, minus four is week one against the Bengals up to uh, current lines. Week two is down to plus one and a half in Arizona. So the books are kind of siding with where my thoughts were there against the Cardinals, so. giving them that's their plus uh, one and a half. That's their one victory, and then not saying that they get the victory over the Steelers. Or maybe they do. I mean, they're two and a half point favorites, but... You know, two-and-a-half-point yeah, favorites can easily lose a game yeah. outright. Um, wow. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Well, before we get back into that week one, real quick, uh, weekly game totals. I don't get it, kids. I don't get it. They were 10-6 and six to the over last year, and we have perfect over numbers. 47-and-a-half, loads of 47s, loads of 46-and-a-halves, loads of 48s. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. Right off the bat, I target the 47 and a half against the Browns in week four. I target the 48 for an over in week three. I target the over 49 and a half in week eight against the boys. 
I mean, there's a plenty. There's a handful of games that, yeah. without even really looking at any trends or anything, I would already look towards the over. Might be a little something to think about, Maybe. though, that they dropped it down three full points Maybe. going Maybe. into 2021. But man, those are prime over yeah. numbers for the taking. 46 and a half, 45 and a half, 46, 47, 48 and a half, 49, 49. Right. I mean, they're right there. Yeah, they're right there. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. Maybe, yeah. maybe they're thinking they ball their defense balls out at home. I don't know. Possibly. Uh, nothing to really draw from there yet, but uh, definitely stay tuned into that. Something to keep in mind. They right. were great to the over last year, but they're total average line game total line has dropped down this year so something mm. to think about uh outside of that uh kind of talked about any early value anything uh we're kind of targeting but we got to talk about it uh it's becoming less and less way too early oh, it's and early at more all, and more right around the corner pick for week one the minnesota vikings go to visit the cincinnati Bengals on their home turf and they are giving the Bengals three points, saying, Joey B, giving four points. I forgot you said that. Giving them four points, saying, Joey B, you think you can keep this within a field goal? Good luck. Are you hammering in the Vikings at minus four with the obvious loss of the hook before we are even one week away from week one? Or are you taking that four points because you like that loss of the hook and you think Joey B can keep this within a field goal? I'm leaning towards the Vikings at minus four. I don't think it's the best matchup for the Bengals, especially uh, especially because it appears that the Vikings are going to be fully healthy on defense week one. Yep. As we get into the season, we shall see about that. But for week one, uh, you know, I mentioned it when I when we talked about the Bengals. There are certain aspects of the Bengals that I like, but early on, I think there's going to be some, uh, I don't want to say growing pains because they've been there for a while, but Joey B getting back into the lineup, mm. seeing a defense that's probably going to be putting up some pressure against the offensive line that's still you know they made small improvements but still largely isn't very good so give me the vikings minus four in week one partner all right and i too would say i would have to lean uh vikings minus four but i think that the cincinnati defense could keep this within a field goal okay i really okay. do the cincinnati defense has impressed me early in the preseason <laughs> so fair. far and most of the starters on the defense they have to get those game yeah. reps it's totally different on defense you're hitting and not being hit it's totally different they have to get those game reps and they've looked really really good they've kind of surprised me to be honest okay. i think that they could come out and smack Kirk cousins in the mouth okay. a few times and he gets a little scared and tentative throwing that deep ball you're talking me into a stay away. Ah, that's what I'm saying. I, I I would lean the Vikes. I think they can get it done by two field goals b or better. But I also could see this defense keeping it tight, even okay. though Joey B might not rack up. Hey, maybe Joe Mixon punches two in. Maybe, maybe he can work around some of these coverage guys right. that uh, the Vikings have on defense. You know, Little devil's advocate, little you're you're live watching how I'm working through games without yeah. seeing any lines, seeing any spreads, seeing anything. I mean, yeah, kind of a little something to think about there. Yeah, no, and I like you said that because I do my own devil's advocate with myself. Like, all right, what are the possible ways that this Beck lose? And sometimes there's zero ways, and I love it and I hammer it in. 
But much like you said right there, the you know maybe the Vikings offense comes out stagnant, or mm. the Bengals defense comes out looking awesome. I don't know. So uh, you talked me into a stay away here, yeah. especially at minus four. If it was minus three, I'd be a little more, or obviously a lot more comfortable with the Vikings. But at minus four, yeah, might be staying away. I also too think that a shitload of the public has already hammered in the Vikings like, at that that boosted up. To yeah, four. and that's why they lost the hook already. Yeah, so fair. I mean that that could be the book saying, hey, yeah. hey, hey, see, we'll we'll take away your hook. The yeah, Vikings okay. are gonna win this game outright. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man all right i we've seen it time and time again oh yeah four four and a half spreads fucking suck in the nfl sure. as a favorite sure. it's just it's there's they're very very rare that they're actually covered yeah so, that's fair um there's that to think about but those are way too early week one picks let's get into some season long action and some future bets you guys can take a look at before we start the season in 16 short days baby <laughs> the season win total for the Purple People Eaters is set at eight and a half wins. So not as precise as we have been. So going to have to take a little bit of a look-see here yeah. and uh, see what is actually going on. So if you do so vaguely remember, one way or the other, me and Mags both notched 6-11 and 11 record for the Vikings this year. With that eight and a half total, the over is at minus 160 and the under plus 135. Now, six and eleven, as way under eight yeah. and a half, and even that's being a little tentative in some spots. And even if maybe t- the two games that I was tentative with, even if they scratch out the eight, that's under eight and a half. All right. But the plus one thirty-five scares me. That seems awful doggone trappy. It sure does. And minus one sixty is way too much chalk. Oh yeah. With the strength of opponents that they're facing to bank on minus 160 to get nine wins when we scratched out six. Right. I think this is a stay away, my friend. Sure I don't know what the hell we see from the Vikings this year. Yeah, it's a it's a hard stay away. Even after mapping out six wins, this is that's another reason why I was you know so inconfident, especially out of the NFC West and those extra three games. So I am absolutely staying away because. Otherwise, you know, you would be interested in an under seven and a half alternate line, honestly. And I, I'm just going with a hard stay away here. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. So no point to waste any more breath on alternate lines or anything like that. I think you need to stay away from the Vikes this year. Make or miss the playoffs. The books are just as confused as we are. And if this doesn't uh, lead you into more reason as to why you should stay away from the win total, yes to make the playoffs is minus 106. No is minus 116. So you're not even getting plus money. And we all know how hard it is just to make the playoffs in the NFL. And they're not even the favorite in their division. And they're getting favorite money. Stay away from that no. as well. There's no reason to try and sweat that out on a favorite money. Right. And, uh, you know, like we said, we're staying away. If you're that high on the Vikings, take the over nine and a half at plus money because I can't imagine nine and eight is going to make the playoffs in the NFC. No. I highly doubt it. Now, wrapping the uh, future market up, well, we got a few extras to talk about. But as far as the division, conference, and Super Bowl goes, the Vikings are second in the NFC North, actually. They are behind your pack and in front of my Bears. I call bullshit, but uh, Vikings are plus 250 right now. Uh, to win the NFC North, I'm, as much as I hate to say it, I got to put it in the hands of the Packers. Um, you know, it does kind of scare me, though. I made the early prediction Aaron Rodgers, hey, really didn't lose too many pieces. Hey, he's standing on a tee box and slanging a 500-yard bomb out in the middle of a lake. Hey, man, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Rose. And, man, his eyebrow thinking has got me on a whole nother wavelength of what I see him doing in 21. I think he's going to be the back-to-back MVP. 
And then I start seeing 500 boosts from every fucking sports book that Aaron Rodgers yeah. is going to be the MVP. And I'm just like, so what's going to happen in Green yeah. Bay? Ah. Are we going to have some issues? Is this going to be problems? Ah. So do the Vikings win the NFC North? I I don't think so. Mm. I, 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 maybe I'm reading too far into some of those additional things. The books making boosts for MVP. I don't know. I'm a little concerned about that aspect of it, but... I don't think the Vikings are worth anything at plus 250 to win the NFC North. But, hey, watch me stick my yeah. foot in my mouth and this be the year. Yeah, you're not going to find me hammering that in. As far as your boost, man, I f- obviously, optimistically, that sounds to me like there's going to be some other quarterbacks that are going to have some huge seasons. That's kind of where that screams to me. But uh, you can have your own opinions on that. But I will be staying away from the division, obviously, no question about it. Yeah, and pretty much those odds, I would say they're not very accurate to our predictions because how we're predicting them, it would seem that uh, the Bears are going to finish a little bit better than right. them. And we already talked about the Bears. Sure. They are going to finish better than right. them per our schedule breakdown. So there is that. And then um, not really any value either. NFC winner at plus 1,700. They're sixth right now. And then Super Bowl 56, 16th overall, 40-1 to 1 odds. Nothing really to write home about there. If we're not even confident in them in the NFC North, a very, very minimal opportunity that they're even going to get a wild card spot. Now, that all being said, we want to advise you and tell you some things you should avoid, but we also got to give you some things you can play and have some fun with us too. So, a little bit to something to think about here. Most rushing yards on the season, you know the name, Dalvin Cook. Actually, right now, plus 600 odds, so not terrible whatsoever. I think he could definitely challenge the King Derrick Henry. Right. I think he could definitely challenge a lot of the top-tier backs in the league. But, but, big but, all caps, but, he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, oh, and no question. And he hasn't done it for the last two seasons, right. so I, I never wish injury upon anybody, no. but... When it's pretty consistent trend, you're injured for two, three weeks in a season, I, it might just happen. Sure. It might be something minimal, but it might just happen, and it might cause me to stay away from this one. Yeah, I would say that would be the factor for me to stay away from. I would say, as we say it all the time, the path is there. He was number two last year despite missing a couple games. Derrick Henry, though, put up 2,000 yards, and now I am going to have to imagine that Derrick Henry is going to regress from that. That is not an indictment on Derrick Henry. Roll Todd. He could put up 1,600 yards, and Roll that's Todd. a big-ass regression, and he could still be the uh, <laughs> the best back in the league. So Roll Todd. I think the path is there. I think he could definitely, Dalvin Cook, get himself up in there and pass up Derrick Henry this year. But for what the, uh, the reason you said, I will stay away as well. For sure. And then let me get your opinions on, on this one. Uh, kind of the same ballpark as far as most touchdowns. It's mm. actually at the same odds plus right. 600. Yeah, I'll also stay away from that. I think the yards might be a better bet there. Yeah. than the touchdowns would than the two i mean if he can stay healthy he definitely has contention yeah because oh, he's, he's been right there and then he gets hurt and then they pull away and he right. ends up finishing second third or fourth and right. he, i mean he's right there so hey he stays healthy that might be worth some value now one that i think has some damn good oh, value yeah. because they had a piss poor offense last year across the board just as far as scheme wise sure. and where not not as far as the talent but just where Kubiak put them in mm-hmm. certain positions mm-hmm. on the field Justin Jefferson still had the most receiving yards for a rookie wide receiver ever in the history of the NFL and that had been a record since the 60s he came in and put up 1400 yards as a rookie and coincidence I think not to have the most receiving yards in 2021 is at plus 1,400. Yeah. How about that? 
I think that's got a serious amount of value. Uh-huh. I think he could repeat, if not maybe even get a little bit more because there were so many situations that they could have fed him the ball more. Right. And I think we see it, man. He And Andy was out for the first two weeks of the season. They didn't even freaking play him for crying out right. loud. So you give him a full season, I think that he could right. very easily have the most. And he was not far off last year either. You said 1,400. That was fourth in the league. Number one was Diggs with 1,535. Not that far, man. You give him those give extra him those two games, two he's games. got it. Well, not to mention, you know, his yards were so ridiculous, and their passing rate was one of the lower rates in the league. If yeah. they go closer to middle of the pack, it's going to be Justin Jefferson that they're going to be slinging the rock to. So I think it's got value. Uh, you know, I, biasedly, I will say that Devontae Adams also has a ring in that because he also physically missed two games, and he was uh, right behind Justin Jefferson himself. So it's going to be a close contest. But, I mean, hell, at plus 1,400, I, I might have a little sprinkle on him. Yeah, to pass the ball at 54.25% of your plays overall, and he puts up those numbers, yeah, give me all of that action. Right, I man. think that is definitely worth a nice sweaty sprinkle over the course of the season. I think he will have his name right up there. And Mr. Kubiak might be out of town if uh, he keeps that rate pretty similar to what last year was. That could be very true, but hey, you never like to uh, no, kick, a, kick a guy out early and even got sure. year one under his belt as an OC, so <laughs> we'll see what You're happens there. All right, full betting preview is a wrap. Your choice, paper or plastic. Let's keep it moving and grooving. The proverbial train that is the TTL podcast steaming down the tracks with the fourth and final segment of the day. Our best fantasy advice in the segment we have coined. Start, stash, or pass. All right, let's kick things off. As always, quarterback room partner, I'll kick it your way as per usual. We got Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond. Kirk Cousins hasn't been the worst fantasy quarterback over the course of the last few seasons, but hasn't been the best. Pretty much uh, stereotypical of his career. Mm-hmm. Are you targeting him, targeting him in any capacity in your upcoming draft or maybe even Kellen Mond? And if you do potentially get your hands on Mr. Kirk Cousins or Kellen Mond, are you starting them, sitting them, maybe stashing them, or passing on them altogether and forgetting everything I said? Well, Kellen Mond, I got no interest in whatsoever. Kirk Cousins, he was the number 11 quarterback last year. And it's kind of be going to be a conversation of kind of what I just said as far as Justin Jefferson's yards. Do they pick up that pass rate? Because if they pick up that pass rate, he's going to cre- uh, squeeze, squeeze into that top 10 range. Sure. And he's definitely going to be startable. I just, you know, maybe it's my own bias. But, I mean, like you said, he was uh, – Good, not great, and definitely not bad. So I, you know, he's definitely not the only quarterback. If I got him, that I'm going to be relying on. I definitely would like to pair him with somebody else. If I do get him, that's going to be. He's a guy that I believe I have had a couple times, and I keep talking about my draft strategy of waiting on quarterbacks. He's like one of my last resort guys. Like last resort. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going to put that. Like I, like if I got him fine okay i've that's i'll take it it's not who i would but there's a half a dozen guys in that exact same tier that have leaps and bounds higher higher ceiling ceiling than exactly i mean you you and finishing my sentences man you know exactly where i'm going (laughs) they have that elite ceiling there too so yeah i mean i i would myself personally pass on him but sometimes where i target quarterbacks as well you kind of get stuck But be smart on that because I think there are some other guys that are going to fall in that same category that do have that higher ceiling. And not to mention, there's just a sour taste in your mouth that you get when you do start him and he throws up a stinker and you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Banking on Kurt Cousins. You don't need that. So be tentative. It's a feeling I don't like. Running back room. We have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. IMO, in my opinion. 
Uh, Dalvin Cook comes back in firmly uh, as the RB1 for me once again. Um, if I'm fourth through seventh and he isn't gone, I'll, I, that would be my pick in oh, the yeah. first round. Because um, I, I definitely think CMC's gone first as per usual. And then it's going to kind of be a toss-up. Is Kelsey? I've been seeing around a lot that Kelsey's going early in the first round. I've been seeing it. Okay. I don't know you what kind. It. I don't know what kind of draft <laughs> strategy that is, but I have been seeing all over the map, and even from not not our little yeah yeah like the upper echelon are talking about scooping up Travis Kelsey around seven to eleventh overall wow. okay. if he is still sitting around. So something to think about, but. Definitely RB1 for me, Dalvin Cook. I will start the mess out of him if I get my hands on him early. And then Alexander Madison. Um, I said not an elite handcuff, but he's right there to be oh, yeah. an elite handcuff. Especially if Cook gets injured at any capacity, any point in time, his production there is through the charts. You mentioned it earlier on in the show, where he needs to improve is where he is that one-two punch when right. Cook is healthy. Right. I think he does that, and I think if you don't get Dalvin Cook and you want to be that asshole... Scoop up Alexander Madison because I think he's going to have plenty of handcuff value, and I also think he's going to potentially get some of those workload uh, days because I don't know if Dalvin Cook stays healthy for okay. the entire season. Okay. So I will stash Alexander Madison. I'm not going to go out of my way to get him in the earlier rounds, but if I keep my eye on him, see how he's moving throughout yeah. the draft, we get to the 6th, 7th, 8th round, I need an extra spot, let me hit him. Okay. Why not? Yeah, I uh, if I got an extra spot, I would also take Madison. I can't add too much more. Not going to start him uh, or, you know, even as, out of desperation if Dalvin Cook is in the lineup. Uh, kind of like what you're saying there, but uh, I would absolutely love to hand handcuff him. Dalvin Cook, most definitely. You said four through seven. I might even say the number three pick if I've got the number three pick. Um, and, you know, obviously unless uh, Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara are still on the board. But uh, I think Dalvin Cook might be that number three running back. He was number two last year behind Alvin Kamara. Uh, that's PPR. So if McCaffrey's healthy, uh, I have to imagine he's, he's going to slot in the top two. So 200 points. Yeah, most definitely. Give me Dalvin Cook as high as number three overall. All right. As for the wide receiver room, partner, I'll kick it back over to you. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, BC Johnson, uh, wide receivers one through three, starting for the Vikings. Um, and then you also have Chad Beebe potentially and Amir. Jeez, uh, I should know his last name. Let me tell you right quick so I don't disrespect the young man. It is Amir Smith-Marset. Mm, uh, right, so right. obviously, I don't think there's a whole lot of wow. value on Amir Smith-Marset. Um, but we'll stick to that. Uh, Jefferson, Thielen, Johnson, and BB Because BB okay. did have a few flashes here sure. there last sure. year. Uh, as far as your thoughts on that, you start stashing or passing on this wide receiver core out of Minnesota. I'll pass on the depth. I'm just going to stick with these top two guys. I don't have in, too much interest in the depth guys. Kind of like we were saying, even if they do increase their pass, unless they drastically increase their pass rate, then maybe one of those third or fourth guys will have some value. Otherwise, I don't think they have any value at all. Jefferson and Thielen, though, absolutely give me those two guys. Justin Jefferson, he was number six wide receiver last year. I think he's cracking that top five this year. Yep. So absolutely, I'm interested to see how high he's going in drafts because I still would prefer, I'd still take Adams, uh, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins over him, but he's getting real close, at least from a fantasy perspective, to those guys, in my mm. opinion. Adam Thielen, I will also start. He was number 10 receiver last year. Only I'll nitpick Adam Thielen. Obviously, if, if you got the number 10 wide receiver, uh, unless that's a disappointing because you're taking what you believe to be one of those top three guys, you want Adam Thielen. 
The nitpick that I was going to make last year is that uh, his floor got a little bit lower. He had a handful of those games where he was a huge disappointment and kind of a ghost and, uh, you know, really kind of kind of crush one of your lineups, one of your weeks for fantasy. Having said that, he still does put up 20-plus points, uh, you know, with decent regularity. So give me Adam Thielen, but I'm not drafting him in that uh, cream of the crop top 10 range. I could see him slipping a little bit into closer to number 15 wide receiver this year. Yeah, uh, I will 100% echo your statements there. Uh, with Justin Jefferson, wide receiver one in my book, absolutely start him. If I get him uh, early on, round one, somewhere in that spot, and I need a receiver, he is plenty worthy of a selection in that spot. And then Thielen. He's my wide receiver two this year, okay. and I think you maybe even wide receiver three floor, uh, and I hate to say it, but maybe even a flex from week to week because we saw it, and what it's really going to come down to is his touchdown progression or, or his touchdown production, mm-hmm. and then if we see any regression from that. I mean, it's been very, very damn dominant over the course of the last few seasons, and that has helped his fantasy numbers severely. Oh, yeah. So if we see any regression at all in his touchdown numbers – it could be straight flex segregation for Adam okay. Um, But I will draft him much like you. I will let him fall a little bit later. Yeah. And if somebody wants to overdraft him, try and make him his their wide receiver one, go right ahead. Oh, hey, yeah. Fine <laughs> yeah. by me, my friend. Be my guest. Because uh, I think there's a lot of other guys you could target as a wide receiver one first. So that's the thoughts on the wide receiver room. Now, as far as the tight ends go... Um, I've often been pretty bullet or pretty bearish actually on uh, Kyle Rudolph. You know, he's a good tight end, but relying on him for eight plus fantasy points week per week is just not something you're going to get. It's more to the four and under type range from Kyle Rudolph. And then maybe one week where he has a 15 and that's the week that you decided not to start him because he's put up five, three point weeks in a row. So that all being said, he's out of there for this week or this year rather. And now we got Irv Smith. Irv Smith actually impressed me a lot, even with Rudolph in there. And I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stash him for now. I don't know if he deserves a starting tight end spot yet, just because okay, Rudolph's out of the way. Rudolph was never a TE one. So not the last five years. Not at the least. last five years at least. So I don't know. Maybe that's Rudolph's age, but I also don't know that the Vikings utilize tight ends the right. best way possible. So I'm going to let him fall. I'm going to pass on him altogether. And, hey, maybe if he is in uh, free agency, put a, f- a red flag on him. Maybe he pops off. Maybe he's worth a net. I can't add too much more. It's mostly the same for me. I don't even know if I'll be stashing him. I'll be red flagging him because he certainly has potential. But the last thing that you said or one of the last things you said as far as the Vikings just not using tight ends is really where I'm thinking And there's a few other guys that I might like as my backup tight end that I think might have uh, more sleeper, higher ceiling type stuff. So uh, I'm going to pass on Irv Smith Jr. here, partner. All right, so same page there. Now, before we get into the defense, kickers are people too, but really couldn't tell you much about this uh, little. They got a little competition going on there in Minnesota this year. They brought in Greg Joseph and Riley Patterson, uh, fan of the Rileys here at the TTL podcast. So... I don't know. Hey, if we're pulling for anybody, maybe the rookie Riley gets it done. Let's see what happens. But um, Joseph's only been in the league two years out of FAU, Florida Atlantic. Uh, So ESPN's got Joseph as the starter here. Yeah, I I don't. But I don't know. Who knows? I don't really know uh, what either of these guys are capable of. So we will be passing on the kicking room in Minnesota, and it's kind of a bummer because Dan Bailey was pretty much a consistent top five, top ten guy that you could kind of target and start. Yeah. 
we don't know. Tell. I don't know who's going to be. I actually will. Whoever, if there's a clear cut, like this is our guy the whole season, I'd be interested in having him because I think this is going to be a pretty high field goal offense throughout the year here. Okay. All right. Well, hey, something to think about there too. And then, last but not least, the defensive side of the ball, defensive special teams. Partner, in your mind, what type of values this uh, DST unit got? I think they do have some value. They were shockingly number 27th on defense yes. last year. That is absolutely brutal. And I honestly might be passing on them again. I think their defense is going to be very, very improved. They're going to have some weeks that are startable. Even when you know I might be high in the Vikings overall in a certain game, but there just might be a handful of too many shootouts here. Cardinals, Seahawks, Cowboys, some of these games, you know, even a good defensive performance by those standards against those teams isn't going to be a good fantasy defensive performance. So for that reason, I think I'm going to be passing on them altogether. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer because uh, you look back maybe two, three, four years ago when the Vikings defense is one that you wanted yeah. to scoop up in fantasy. They were always considered maybe that eight, guaranteed 10 points a game and i don't know they i think they're worth a red flag on your waiver right i'm gonna so do pass I. on them in the draft just because i don't know i think with who came back what they i mean the complete overhaul they did via the trade market free agency and draft i think there's some potential there i think they, they can put it all together i think think that Zimmer will continue to have his defensive mind and have his son continue to build upon his repertoire but I don't know, from a fantasy perspective, I'm going to avoid it because I think that they could be in some serious shootouts to start the season. Yeah, and it would definitely be an option, like I've said in the past, where it might be a streaming option, but I have to imagine someone in your league is going to be higher and Most actually definitely. just have them on the roster, definitely. so it might not even be a possibility. Most definitely. All right, well, that does it. Every single core positional grouping that you can possibly play in fantasy, the perspectives from yours truly in our segment we have dubbed Start, Stash, or Pass. All right, my friends. Well, that officially does it. All the way across the board, everything 2020 Vikings. We talked about the lineups, both offensively and defensively. We talked about the coaching staff in full. We discussed their schedule and gave you our predictions. We went through their entire week-by-week betting schedule, the spreads, the game totals. Talked about 2020, some of the trends carrying into 2021. We gave you future plays. We gave you side bets. We also dished out and just did our best fantasy advice. So if you missed any of that, my friends... It's going to stay right here to and through the NFL season. So if you need a little reminder, maybe how good Mike Zimmer and these Vikings are at home against the number, or maybe one of the other awesome, knowledgeable facts we have just laid down on your dome pieces over the course of the last hour and 24 minutes, it'll be here for your enjoyment. But before we carry on with the show, get everything wrapped up for this beautiful Tuesday, Let's send these Minnesota Vikings into the 2021 season the only way we know how. So without further ado, pop them back on the screen. And to Mike Zimmer, Clint Kubiak, and Adam Zimmer, we wish you the best of luck going into 2021 and to all of the offensive players, all of the defensive players, and each and every member of the Minnesota Vikings football franchise. Good luck. Godspeed. And hopefully we'll see you in the playoffs. Peace and love. Unbiased hand off. I hope we don't. <laughs> there you go. What a way to finish it. What a way to start it off. Uh, close it out. Here we go. That does it, ladies and gentlemen. The entire Minnesota Vikings season preview. 
All right, before we get into a little bit of banter, a little bit of updates, nonsense, and get you guys out of here, partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul, you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 109 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 24th, 2021. Who would it's, I be, man? Who would Vikings I be if I didn't have anything it, Packers, Vikings related? I'll be nicer to the Vikings fans than I was to you, partner. Uh, I had to crush it out of the park against the Bears for that sidebar. So uh, I'll keep it simple here. The Packers lead the series versus the Vikings 63-55-3 to and three all time, including 1-1 one and one in the playoffs and a total score of 2,655 to 2,371. You tried, you tried, but uh, kings of the north, baby. On this kings side of the, the north, table. <laughs> <laughs> you hype yourself up over there. Kings of the north. That's all I, I ain't say. fucking clapping for your damn kings of hit. the north. Right. Lucky I didn't wear my Kings of the North shirt. Today. Well, you heard it here first and maybe for the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen. The Green Bay Packers lead the scoring between them and the Minnesota Vikings. 2,655 to 2,371. Give me the Packers in both games again this year as much as it hurts to say that. And... uh Give me the Bears in both games as well, even though my partner seems to think otherwise. <laughs> that all being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your sidebar partner, as always, even though sometimes I could do without the sidebar. Hey, this is the last one that I'll do like that, I think. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> Unless he randomly stumbles upon another Packer stat he yeah, can just shove down exactly. our throats. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, wrapping things up, my friends, a uh, couple key reminders for you, things to uh, tell you about before I get into some motivation minutes here. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, or if you didn't know in general, Friday's show going to be another double season preview. We're doing Giants and Jets, so strap in. It's going to be a little longer than it usually is, but we actually did pretty good time-wise last time. Yeah. Uh, got out of here about uh, quarter to noon, so not too bad whatsoever. And then September the 3rd, obviously things are starting this weekend, uh, but we wanted to time it out just right. Not as much value across the boards uh, this weekend, but next weekend, lots of value on right. the board. So next Friday... <laughs> We'll have a college football only show. It'll just be our best bets. We might even look into um, some potential side bets. It'll all shake out, and it'll be one hell of an NCAAF episode. You best believe it. So next Friday, September the 3rd, college football only show. Then we'll get back into everything uh, that following Monday in our last NFL special edition of the TTL pod. will be on September the 8th with the Washington football team. And then September 9th, you know the drill, 7.20 p.m., oh. Bucks, boys, the 2021 season plays, uh, regular season starts, season playoffs. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. The regular season starts. So on 9-9, Talking the Line podcast returns to business as usual. We'll be dishing out our best bets, our favorite props, everything in between when it comes to the gridiron. Now, Mondays will be regular shows, Thursdays will be regular shows, Fridays will be regular shows, but we're going to have a little bit of dead time on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So we've been formulating some ideas in the background what exactly we're going to do for you guys on those days, but best believe you me, there'll be plenty of value. We'll talk some fantasy, definitely about that. We might have waiver wire Wednesdays, I don't know, a little something in the back of the head. Either way, we'll have you covered from every single angle when it comes to the NFL, college football, and then, oh, 
did you know college basketball teams can start practicing in 30 days? Oh, baby. So college basketball will be right around the corner, baby, and we'll just be cashing tickets for the next six months. Get ready to just fill your bankroll because it is just going to be... Yeah, give me seven, nothing, seven months. Eight months. Eight months. Why not? It is about to be bankrupting books central coming out of the talking yeah. the line pod we cannot wait 60 more days till the start of the nfl season i don't know if i'm more excited for that uh thursday show where we're breaking down that opening night or if i'm more excited for the next day the probably friday. friday honestly i think probably I'm, friday and that's yeah, just obviously i'm crazy game. excited for thursday that ninth uh the, you know breaking down that full game yeah. but man that yeah, next probably day. probably honestly have to put together an sgp on thursday yeah. we're gonna have to dive through some props we're gonna have to give you a nice little spread total play maybe there's gonna be plenty and then friday we're gonna be doing the same doggone thing we're gonna be diving yep. into all types of props i mean i know during the mlb season we've kind of you less than me but i have pretty much stayed out of the prop game uh, i mean i see some oh, yeah. here or there but it that's is the such only <laughs> crap shoot. that's the only thing that i'm having success with yeah in the MLB, so actually. i mean when it comes to nfl props though sign me up dog I'll be cashing them more than I can tell you about. So I cannot wait to finally get back in the prop game right. because there is serious, serious value. And I love props. I love betting them. I love betting them in NBA too. But baseball, it's just, it's too much for me. So I'm going to stay away until we get to NFL. Outside of that, uh, remind the fans to look at the link tree. Oh, uh, go to this episode's <laughs> description and uh, make sure you look at the link tree. Just fucking with you. Obviously, I'm not that goofy. Uh, but make sure you hit that link tree and uh, check out TalkingLine.com website. Uh, check out our social platforms, our additional content. We're growing each and every day. We're pumping out new, bigger, and better stuff every single day. We got a new show right around the corner. We'll be able to tell you guys a little bit more in depth about that. Some partnerships we're working on. We got all types of stuff coming for uh, TTL Sports Media, you best believe. And we've had it kind of in our mind since we started this journey. Uh, some things are really going to start popping off around football season. And boy, oh boy, it's coming. They're just starting to. It's coming. Little things here and there, and it just keeps us throwing darts at the board every yep. single day. So we'll uh, we'll keep rocking and rolling for you guys. Make sure you follow along. And uh, at the bare minimum, follow us on our Twitter so you can always stay updated there and know what's going on. But uh, most importantly, we'll see you on every single pod. Outside of that, that's about all I got. About all I know to say. Partner, any uh, late-breaking news, updates, anything in your end of the world that you do believe we need to know about before I send these folks out of here with a little motivation? No, sir. Nothing uh, Nothing coming out of any camps. I'm, I'm surprised we haven't had more solid news during these shows with some training camps. Yeah, you know, hopefully it'll get a little bit uh, a little bit more hot and heavy, but yeah, definitely. But I guess typically that means it would be an injury, so I'm glad that we, uh, you know, Knock on wood, fingers crossed. I feel like we're at a point where uh, in many other previous uh, training camps, we've had a lot more significant injuries. So That is definitely, and especially last year with no yeah. um, no off-season or training camp right. or whatever, those soft tissue injuries yeah. were just right. rampant. I mean, you remember that like first seven weeks oh, yeah. of the season was just ACL, MCL, PCL, and Achilles, like... It was just everybody. And I'm surprised because these other leagues, even in their second season after the you know the weird season, which I guess is still a weird season, MLB and NBA, they had similar issues again. So yeah. fingers crossed, knock on wood, hopefully we get through this season where uh, we're back on track or even even yeah. better. We don't have no Saquons getting hurt. Yeah. We don't have no OBJs getting hurt. Yeah, like, like, obviously not those names, but like the big names you like that. Like, yeah. we, <laughs> man, come on, fingers crossed. All right. 
So that's our uh, that's our good vibes uh, going into the NFL season. But I got to give you a little bit additional good vibes, some more inspiration, get you through the rest of this Tuesday and on back around the bend till I get to drop some more on you. What am I talking about? My motivation minutes. So glad you guys uh, stuck around. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys uh, listening to uh, goofy old me lay down a little bit of a uh, message here or there. Again, I always tell you guys, but I'm not a swami. I'm not a genius. I don't know shit about shit at the end of the day, really. Um, but I found a few things in life that help me survive on a day-to-day basis. So being the guy I am, I figured I'd just share them with you. And uh, hopefully you apply them and you see the benefits in your life. And not just boo-boo me and act like I don't know what I'm talking about. Because I do here or there. Because I've lived through a lot of these things. That all being said, yesterday's message was on finding your own happiness. Creating your own happiness. You are in charge of your own happiness. And I won't waste much time on that, but I kind of wanted to build upon that. Because there's something else that you're able to do once you make the conscious step of wanting to control your own happiness. And you will be surprised, but when you make that decision, when you decide that you're standing on the cliff's edge and you're gonna jump, test out if those wings are gonna fly or not, you'll be surprised at how many people look to you in that situation. How many people say, wow, I wish I had the courage to do that. Wow, I wish I had the ability to do that. And people are going to notice that. People are going to notice you. They're going to see you making those moves. So today's message is on being a blessing to the life of somebody else. And you will be amazed all the opportunities that are opened when you simply choose to make yourself happy. Do what you want to do. Get out of this life what you want to get out of this life. Not anybody else. You. You have so many opportunities and your mind opens up in such a different way that you want to bless everybody you possibly can with the mindset that you've unlocked. And if somebody sees that, if somebody who might be, I always joke, might be below the 50 layers of shit on the totem pole, but sees you and wants to take that step, don't push them away. Be a blessing to their life. And maybe not even in that circumstance. Maybe just in general. Maybe you start living in a way where all you want to do is bless the lives of others. Either with your words, your actions, financially, a million ways that you could think of. But when all you're worried about is making yourself happy and making sure that you're doing what you need to do that you know is right, not anybody else in life, you really kind of lose focus of that. Then you start to focus on everybody else. And you realize that since you're in a good spot now, why don't we bring everybody into this good spot? So... As you start to apply some of these things in your life, my friends, that I tell you, and and as you go, don't hold them inside. Don't just, oh, Colton gave me something I can... Share it with the world. Share it with everybody you come across. Somebody might look at you like you got a horn growing out of your forehead. Trust me, I get it all the time. You get used to it. 
but share, share the message, share the positivity, share the love, everything. Be a blessing to the lives of others. Live your life in a way that people can't help to see you as a blessing when you come around. Think in this way. You get invited to a party. You show up. Does everybody rush to the door to give you a hug and wants to be around your energy and presence as you're there? Or do they see you kind of wave and get away from you as quickly as you can? That'll tell you if you're being a blessing or not to somebody's life. And if you're on the wrong end of that spectrum, you now know how to fix it. And that does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Great stuff, my man. I don't know how much I can add. I mean, another one just fucking heavy hitting, putting him <laughs> right in, yeah, yeah, right in your ear hole. So yeah, I can't add too much more to it though. But uh, yeah, great stuff, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm about. That's my mindset. That's where I'm. Uh, that's where I'm moving and grooving going forward, if you will. So uh, I try and use these to hopefully, hopefully, if uh, one person out of uh, a million, if one sees this and I can be a blessing to your life, then I did my job. So. There you go, my friends. There you have it. My full motivation minutes for the day. All right. Well, everything looks good in this end of the table, partner. How's everything looking on your end? Pretty damn great. No uh, no breaking news in the last five minutes, unfortunately. All right. Well, either way, then we have nothing else to discuss. So it is time to send you kind folks about your day the only way we know how. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, Minnesota Vikings fans, gamblers, NFL gamblers, fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, anybody I might have left out, far and wide, from myself and Mags, thank you so much once again for stopping by episode number 109 of the Talking the Line podcast on this beautiful August 24th, 2021. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it, and we mean it from the bottom of our hearts. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate your support, your following, just sticking around through every daily pod episode. We do this for you, and we are only going to keep making it bigger and better for each and every one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Last but certainly not least. We're still cashing tickets. Make sure you check out our best bets of the day on the Action Network app. I'm at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Mags is at rmags in all caps. Or you can just peruse through the talkingtheline.com website. You'll see them on the Today's Best Bets tab. Nice and easy for you, and you can actually bet them right from our homepage. Then meet us at the pay window later so you can close every show with us and say just this. Let's cash some tickets. <laughs>